a listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Oh, he's Big show coming up on Footy Talk. The Warriors have been incredible. Andrew Webster, Gordy, could he be coach of the year? So far, after round five, he is coach of the year. And the hip drops, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that was not a hip drop. Shakira <laughs> does better hip drops than that. <laughs> All right. We'll get yeah, get you know st- who I'm talking about. We'll get stuck right in. Hello and welcome to another Monday edition of Footy Talk. Emma Lawrence and Gordon Tallis Gordy. Another crazy weekend of footy and in particular, another crazy Sunday of footy. How do you sum up what we witnessed yesterday? Two unbelievable games. How good is it? How good is it? Sunday afternoon footy, not ideal conditions for rugby league, you know, it's sort of wet. It's been a pretty good opening and when you're playing your first game of wet weather footy in it and being in Sydney and it started to bucket down at Shark Park and I thought that they handled the conditions perfectly. Well, look at the amount of points that would score there and then you go out to a core stadium later on that afternoon and to have that and I was sitting on the plane going home. I've got my phone and just <laughs> how exciting it was. You know, like, oh, I hope the Wi-Fi works up in the air, but it did. And the Burton Bruins and the Warriors, they're giant killers at the moment. Let's dive into the Warriors first yeah. off. Four wins from their first five games. I don't think many of the best minds in rugby league or commentators, legends of the game would have predicted this. They've got a new coach in Andrew Webster. Yeah. Um, a couple of new players and a couple of that have gone back there. Is there one single thing that you can put your finger on or do you think it's a, a combination of well, all of the above? Well, I'm mates with Nathan Brown and when talking to him last year, how did he turn the Warriors? And he was trying to buy guys like Nakura and those guys, those hard-edged guys. And when the Warriors have always been at the best, there's been a Ruben Wiki, a Stephen Price, a Kevin Campion, that sort of guy that there's just no nonsense and they just do the one percenters because they've always had this amazing ability. They can offload, they can all run, they're physically strong, you know. Like look at their wingers, like over the time and the size of them. So the Warriors just need to get that part of their game right and the guys that they bought must just must be driving those standards. And to play without Tohu Harris yesterday uh, and we caught it on the M's and I'm thinking it's just – too hard to climb, and Nico Hines is back. They were down 20 nil. It was down 18 nil. They go to kick the two points to go ahead, and sure enough, they come back. And they were outstanding. They were outstanding yesterday. Their defence, um, Sean Johnson is playing this new Sean Johnson football that I haven't seen him play before. I don't think I've seen a Warriors jersey in the last five years with this much resiliency. When something goes against them, they've tended to pack up shop and go home. But to be down by 18, 20 points and hang in there and, and then talk about, look, at half time, yeah, let's just go out there and let's just keep on working um, at what we're good at and we'll get the job done. Have you ever heard of a Warriors side ever talk like that? I haven't. No. But the belief coming out of that dressing room is unbelievable. So Webby... He's the coach of the year. After round five, he is my coach of the year right now. For those who know him, it's not a surprise at all, but it's just interesting in the fact that when he and Cameron Seraldo were assistants to Ivan Cleary at Penrith, all the talk 
was about Cameron Seraldo. He's the next coach yeah. in waiting. And no one ever really mentioned Webby. He hardly got any attention, no. any press. Those who well, knew him knew what he had. The ditch, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's simply because he's gone across there and, yeah. you know, Seraldo, with obviously the signings. You know, so everybody talks about Cameron Seraldo, but you look at Ado Carr, you know, you look at Kikau, you know, you look at. Um, Tavita Pangai's there for the second time. Burton, you know, has got a bit more support around him. You've got Reed Marnie. That was sort of the package deal mm. coming with Serraldo that had sat behind Ivan Cleary and had had a bit of success in the juniors. But Webby, I didn't know too much about him. Um, I remember when Ivan left the Tigers to go back to Penrith, he was a coach for the Tigers for, what, five or six rounds? And that's the first time I've ever really watched him. And then he's been at Penrith. And I think he's done an amazing job. To turn that place around, I know that they've been under the radar, you know, they're across the ditch and maybe it's the first time they've been at home, some of these guys too, for the last couple of years. Maybe that's helping. I think that they're that, actually getting yeah. home games, you know, to get that belief and being around family and they just seem to be a more settled football side. I think for a lot of them that probably makes a difference because when they were in the bubble in Queensland, not a lot of them, well, some eventually got their families over, but Sean Johnson has even spoken about the fact that when he was at Cronulla for a period, Kayla, his wife, wasn't with him straight away. It took a while for her to come over yep. and then you had COVID. So a lot of them probably well, are feeling the most settled family. the most settled they yeah. and happy they are off the field in a long time, which goes a long way too. Yeah, and when you're talking about family, you know, I, like I've got a young family, you need more support. It takes a village to raise children because, you know, like if you're busy and your wife's busy or your wife needs a day off and you're away and it's, you know, to have the support staff around you. And when I say family, I mean like your whole family, you know, and it can be um, a lot. So now that they've got that, I think the Warriors, that they, I don't know how far they can go, but I just love watching them play. The last couple of weeks I thought, oh God, we're calling the Warriors because of what they've tossed up in the last couple of years. But they've been two of the better games that I've witnessed this year. And Dare I say it, we were maybe, the core was a little bit warrior biased. Do we get, oh, Triple M must go to New Zealand. We'd be number one in their time slot. <laughs> well, we spoke about this um, <laughs> last week, didn't we? We said we need to get, this is good for us. The Warriors doing well helps our pitch to the bosses that we need to go over well, and call Triple M Well, I know M you're games. a tiger, but, you, but oh, I don't know. I got an email. I think we are unofficially ambassadors of the New Zealand Warriors, Emma. Yes. I think we're unofficially. I'm, I'm happy to jump on that bandwagon. And yes, I love- I'm the Minister for Good Times over in New Zealand, so when we get there, we're going everywhere. And Webby's a former Tiger, so technically I'm just supporting our own in that sense, really. There you go. A few issues to come out of that game. So Dale Finucane facing three weeks for a hip drop tackle, so to speak, even though it didn't it look like a traditional one. It wasn't. What do you make of that and uh, Nia Kore getting two weeks? Okay, so if we look at the hip drop and we look at the classic one, the one that was publicised last year was Carrigan on Jackson Hastings. When Jackson's standing in a tackle, he's got a couple of guys holding his upper body and they throw their hip in at the legs and that's the one that we've all got used to where the bloke's standing, you know, to obviously stay on his feet, to quicken the play of the ball because when you go down, it adds a couple of seconds to get back to your feet and play the ball. So they hold him up for as long as you can with their strength. They spread their legs so they come and they throw their hip in their legs and it doesn't look great. Mm. The two that happened yesterday were guys running, breaking the tackle. One was on Talakai. So Nakora gets dragged and he's sort of rib cage and lower part and I reckon the top of his hip gets him around the legs. That's not a hip drop. That's you, a classic tackle where you, 
where like you got your arms around him and he's that strong he's pulling for, through you that basically that your legs end up or you're like half of your body or your torso land on their legs. That's not a hip drop. I don't think they're classic hip drops. So if I was both of these guys, I would go and fight it. If it was me and I'm Dale Finucane, because I saw Dale get up and, and talk, but he didn't get up and talk when the Warriors play went to the sim. And I <laughs> thought the referee handled it well at the time because he was really super consistent. I didn't think Nakora should have went to the sin bin. I don't even think it was a hip drop. But then when Finucane did, mm. he had to do the same thing. I'm surprised that they've got that they've got weeks. I'm surprised that they've been charged. Well, hopefully for their sake. Well, I mean, for it, the Sharkies. It proves that you can't fight. It proves you can't fight it. The thing, the, over the last, I was chatting well, on Thursday night call, actually, Wade Graham was in the call with us for Triple M and he just said, it's almost as if, because so many players now this season have been unsuccessful in fighting the charges, he said it's such a deterrent. I think, well, his club and and probably others are thinking, is it really worth it? But maybe in this case with Finucane, it is worth it for them. I think if you truly believe, and all those guys that have gone and fought it, like Kafusi, and, you know, we keep on hearing that he didn't quite hit him in the head and you see some of the tackles now that he gets four weeks and you see the Parramatta winger Simonson mm-hmm. hit Teddy and he gets two. So there's no consistency, but it's always been that way. Mm-hmm. They judge every case on their own and you can't say, but he did it. But with the hip drop, I would fight that. It's not a hip drop. He is so strong and I lose control of the tackle. Whether that's a defence or not, I don't think it would be either because if I'm sitting there going, but it's not your responsibility. Like, mate, the old-fashioned tackles was your body is around their legs. Mm. You know I mean? Like a Steve Mortimer cover tackle, you know, like he'd go, go across or like the most famous tackles that we've ever watched, you know, like around the leg when Scott Sattler does that, I'm sure that his body comes in contact with Skinny Burns's legs <laughs> before he goes over the sideline. So that's not a classic hip drop. That's a classic tackle. So anyway, let's watch the space. We but shall. we got something to blow up about next week if they get suspended, Emma. Oh, we always want something to blow up about. But we'll cheer about something for today. Matt Burton, how incredible. I just guess the story that I'm sitting there as a reporter thinking, wow, the script's written. He's got the sideline conversion to win it. It almost had shades of like JT in that grand final. 2015, didn't it? It just, he misses it and then he gets the redemption with the field goal. How good, I mean, as a footy fan, except for the, if you're a Cowboys supporter, but just a general league fan, you had to love that. Loved every moment of it. And when he hit it, let's just go back to his kick. In the wet, he's played 79 minutes and whatever it was. He's hit it. Hit three quarters up the goalpost. He's right on the mm-hmm. sideline. How well did he hit that kick? It was coming around. It was. He just needed to take the ball back another five metres because he had the distance. Mm-hmm. So... I wish he would have kicked that, but then the field goal, it was shades of Braith and Nasta when the Tigers and the Roosters and Oh, that, please don't, I don't bring know, that up. I don't know <laughs> what year that was. I think the I think the Roosters went on to play in the grand final that year, but it's like that. It's on the sideline, it's thirty meters out. It was the chip. So the chip, Josh had a car, that sort of reminded me of Darren Lockyer on the Billy Slater, the Fox chips again, it yeah. comes back. He gets one play, the Cowboys are out on their feet. They're gonna go, God, they're gonna shift the ball. Burton sees it, not the greatest angle, the wrong side of the field for him. He's just missed a kick previously and he hits a field goal. What a moment. Like the way our players are ice in those moments, you know, you see Cleary do it, you know, you saw Moses do it and you see Burton's. I think Burton's is equal to Cleary's. Yep. 
only because of the angle. It was so good to watch. And you know what I loved? The fact that you see the first person running up to Matt Burton is Josh Reynolds. His first game back for the Bulldogs in five years. He's just thinking, like, he doesn't care if he wasn't involved in in much on the field. He wouldn't have cared if he played one minute just for Grubby to be a part of it. His dreams would have come true as well. You know, he's had his moments for the Dogs, but it was just all... Like beautiful pictures at the end with them all getting around him. Yeah, oh look, absolutely. And it was it was great scenes, but maybe when he retires, he can become a professional celebrator. So no matter <laughs> what happens, if the dogs win, he can run on the field. He should how mate, they have in mascots? a tracksuit or jeans. Mate, need- no matter what, for the next twenty years, <laughs> he's got a job with the NRL that anytime the dogs win anywhere, he's allowed to run on the field and celebrate. We should sort that out. Seems can have I a mascot, so. but the dogs get Josh Reynolds, the uh, <laughs> professional it. celebrator for them. It was uh, great scenes for the doggies, not so for the cowboys. We'll take a quick break and afterwards we'll chat about what this means for Todd Payton's men. <laughs> Alrighty, after such a good season last year, Todd Payton. It's only five rounds in, but Gordy, at this stage, I know they're missing a few players as well, but are you concerned if you are Todd Payton or a Cowboys fan? A little bit concerned. You know, um, I've spoken about it in the past that a lot of those young guys that we didn't know too much about and, you know, the Nanois, the Cotters, those type of guys, Dearden that struggled at Brisbane and Goner, they got they got a lot of raps last year. Mm-hmm. You know, they got more raps than underneath a Christmas tree. That's how, <laughs> and they went and they got a lot of jerseys. You know, like they got Queensland jerseys, you know, they were in New South Wales squads and then a lot of them went on the World Cup. So that's a lot to digest as a young guy. I don't know how I would have dealt whether, you know, you're really hungry, you want to prove yourself, you want to get your name out there, you want to have an NRL career, well then you sign a new deal worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, you get the jersey that you've dreamt of, is your hunger still there? Is that hunger that was there, you know, the the preseason before? Plus then they've had a shortened preseason because they've all come back from the World Cup and they've had a poor start to the season. So there's a lot that these young guys are dealing with. Can they turn it around? Absolutely, because they're the third best team in the competition after the home and away season last year. But I think They've got a lot of hard work to do. And I don't think it's physically, I don't think it's their game plan. I just think it's mentally, just getting just getting a little bit of that hunger back, I would say. Do you think that for young kids is, not kids, but they're still early in their career, when you get all of that attention, contract <laughs> upgrades, you play Origin, you play for the Kangaroos, not that I'm saying they get a big head, but is it hard to... Not that to we know because s- we're not in the dressing room. Yeah. But you would think, right, if you've got a kid, and he asks for something and you give it to him and you ask for everything and you keep on giving it to him, what does he want? What does he have to go out and get in life mm. if you keep on giving it to him? And that's what happened to him last year. And that was from hard work. And then they get it and they probably just think that it's going to roll on. But when you get to the top of the mountain, everybody wants to come and get you. And don't forget, they were the number one Queensland side last year. They did finish third. Everybody was saying, how good is this? This is the Cowboys window open. Look at this young talent coming through. And maybe they haven't worked as hard. Maybe they've worked as hard. Maybe they've just been unlucky. Maybe the bounce of the ball, I'm not in there, but looking at them, there's something not quite right and their season can slip really quick and they can get themselves into a hole. Yesterday, that game, they probably should have won. There's a few games that they should have won. Um, Brisbane, they were outplayed that night, but the others, you think that they probably should have and could have won. The Titans, all over them, really, and then Foran hurts his calf and AJ Brimson hurts his hamstring. So that could have been another one that they dropped as well. 
So Todd Payton did a fantastic job last year. I think he was coach of the year and he's got to go back and I don't know whether they write it down, whether they got a diary on what they did last year, but maybe try to replicate that. But it seems to be that their confidence is down a little bit to the side that we saw last year. They were really hard working last year. I remember, I think it was, you know, round three or whatever against Brisbane. Val Holmes gave Katoni Stags a bath, but how hard they work for each other. It was amazing that work. I thought they worked really hard <laughs> yesterday as well. Like they were, you know what I mean? Like you see that chip and chase, you saw them all coming back. The Cowboys were pretty much all got back in the defensive line, but they're just not getting the wins. So that's even harder to go. Like I've been in that situation, Emma, when you're trying really hard and everybody's having a go and you're still not winning. There's a lot of soul searching to be done. Well, they've got a big uh, home game on Friday night against the Dolphins. So I tell you what, they're not lacking as much confidence though as the poor old West Tigers, the only team still that haven't got a victory. Uh, The West Tigers are How are you feeling, Emma? How are you feeling about that? A bit deflated. I was full of hope. I suggested in my office um, that they were going to make the eight and I got laughed at, but I was very hopeful. The thing is with the Tigers, they're not always just in the headlines, the on-field performances. There's always something going on off the field. And this is the case again, the articles about Justin Pascoe. He was on the field in his polo with the team warming up. What do you think up. about that? Well... You go to every game, right? You're on the sideline. You you are... Mrs. Channel 9, so you're at every game, and you do Sundays. Do you see other CEOs do it? Did you think it's bad? Other CEOs, this is the thing, other CEOs are in the dressing sheds, right, when they're celebrating. I get that, they're allowed to be. Yep. So it's how is that dissimilar to them celebrating with the team? I think the, there were two issues no, no, on the phone in the dressing room. I think he was sitting room. there at halftime the dr- there from what t- we said on our show yesterday that he was on his phone. And that James is a Brown bad look, yep. Sitting in the dressing room, I don't agree with. I think him being on the field with the shirt in the warm-up, I don't think that's a big deal. On your phone in the sheds, I agree. It's not a good look. Me too. Like, you see out there kicking the ball. Is it a distraction? No, because I'm warming up. Like, if my staff, you know what I mean? And you see that all the time. Like, you see a certain staff member, whether it's a water boy or whatever, if you're part of the team, you're part of the team. Whether you're just kicking and, you know, dribbling the ball to someone or – just helping out the 18th man, I don't see a huge problem with that. The phone, probably not a great look. If they're winning every single game and he's there and he could be texting somebody else, he could be texting the board members, someone saying, listen, mate, he's okay or whether there's an injury. I don't know what he was doing on the phone. It's probably not a good look because they're losing. That's the thing. If they were if at they the were top winning, of the ladder, but they're not. it wouldn't have been picked up or if anything, it would have been – how great yeah. he's in there supporting. They're, they're all one. They're all united. The CEO's right in there. But that's the thing. You have to be careful of those things. I, I don't think it's a good look and he probably does regret it. I think he might have spoken to Buzz. you make changes? Being a Tiger, he's been there for eight years. How many ideas do you have? I think boards are what, three to five years? And that means that should be all your ideas. If you're in the footy club and you're going to try to make change, is three to five years enough for you to make change? That's what we give coaches. Mm. We give them a three-year plan I think the to fact- get there and work and do all that. And then if they, and if you see progress, they get another two-year extension. So it goes from three to five and go from five to seven. And by seven, you want those guys, they've got their whole system in place. They normally would have the players. They would have close to their roster without one or two, you know. And then that's it moving forward. 
we've watched it at Brisbane. Brisbane, I think Kevy got a two-year plan. It's it looked like it was going forward. He got like an extension three. Now they look look like giving him another two years. So there's his five years because they've improved since he's got there at the Tigers. Have they improved in your eyes? They definitely haven't. I think in any everyone's eyes. I think. So is that the answer? Well, I think they've made mistakes along the way in terms of coaching, where I don't think they at times selected the right coach to come in and at times probably shouldn't have flicked the coaches as quick as they did. I think there have been mistakes made in the past. I think they also should have let Luke Brooks go to Newcastle when he wanted to. But now that they're here with Sheens and Benji, I think it's, you don't make changes now. I think you need to give them time, whether or not now that they've got this in place, it's the right time for Justin Pascoe, whether he wants a change. He, he told Buzz he's not going anywhere. One thing under his leadership they have done... Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. He's not going anywhere. Is that his decision? Well, according to this morning's article in the Daily Telegraph, he said he will not be stepping down. Okay, so he's not stepping down, but it doesn't mean that he's not going to go anywhere. Potentially. Will the board... Hold on, hold on. Did the board say they give him their full support? They have not, but when does oh, the full support of the board... <laughs> he's staying because if the board give him their full support, he's gone. That's when you're gone. That's when you're gone. <laughs> I think now that they've him. committed okay, mate, to this, gone. I don't think they'll be. I don't think they'll be making changes anywhere anytime soon. Just because no. they're going to give everything. I time. think it's a long straw. Yeah. You know, I think the coaches need to get out. I think, you know, like Sheens, he looks like he's stressed, and Tim's been a great coach and had a lot of success. Um, it was a long time ago. You know, yesterday we had Tigers fans ring in, say that he failed in England at Witness and I think whole KR. Benji and Robbie are brand new coaches and to be a good coach, I think you've had to have coached. Yeah. Sheen's... So to be a good coach, you had to have coached. Not a good player because otherwise the greatest players would be the greatest coaches. Not Trent Robinson that had an average career or Madge or – and that's not bagging them or Craig Bellamy. Like if you look at – their careers as rugby league players or Wayne Bennett as a rugby league player compared to a coach. So are you saying it, it's it too always early work. to – It doesn't I got coached by Wally Lewis. Is it too early to have thrown Benji in? Is that what you're saying? Well, they haven't coached. I think it's a brave decision. I think it's really brave from the Tigers. I think it's extremely brave to put someone in there that hasn't coached, that's played a lot and been told what to do, but it's different to – coaching. Mate, I coached, I've coached soccer for three years. I've coached junior rugby league. Mate, it's a tough job. Mm. And now coaching kids that I believe that don't probably have the resilience. They've come through a system where everybody gets a ribbon. They're probably a little bit more needy and entitled than what they were in the past when it was just a man that come to training on Tuesday, Thursday, had a beer and went home like a Tommy Redonicus style of bloke, you know, a no-frills Alan Langer style of bloke that you just told him he went out there and did his job like a like a Shane Webke. I don't know, man, I don't know how many Shane Webkeys are out there playing at the moment. A bloke that used to go jump and work, you know, 10 hours on the farm on his days off and get blisters digging holes. <laughs> and, and then if he did have a full day off, he'd go on a 10K run, you know. So to coach and to coach and to get your message across and to have them believe you. Normally you've got to make – well, what I'm trying to say is they're going to make the mistakes in the limelight. 
they haven't gone and coached 17s and 19s and reserve grade and cut their teeth and made their mistakes and they're probably making mistakes now and they're going to learn on the way. I'm not saying that they're not going to be successful. I hope that both of them are successful. I know both of them personally. It's sad seeing Tim sitting in press conferences because of the success that he's had and what he's given our game as a player and a coach. But, you know, there's something's got to change there because otherwise they're going to keep on tossing up what they're tossing up. And I don't know what it is because I'm not a coach. Look, I'll just say I wouldn't want to be a coach. It is a tough gig, that is for sure. Oh, absolutely. And, um, tough time for Tigers fans. They could very well be 0-8. They do have a tough draw, but big week coming up. And um, we've got the the traditional Easter Monday clash as well with the Eels, which Triple well, M that's got to bring calling, the best so, out of the Tigers. I've yeah. watched that clash a hell of a long for a long time and it's, I reckon the Tigers are always up for that. There's normally a big crowd. They normally just walk over from the show, don't they, on a Monday and everybody gets there. So if I'm a Tiger – and this is one thing about fans, right? When you're winning, they turn up. You don't need them then. Mm. It's nice having them then but you don't – it's when you're losing, you need the support. It's when you're down on your luck. That's when you need your friends around you, isn't it? Just in life. Yeah. Right? So when you're down, you need your friends. So Tigers fans, West Tigers fans, West Tigers fans, old Balmain's fans, old Western Suburbs fans, let's get behind them. I reckon that's what I'd be doing if I was Pasco and those guys. This, I would be calling on the black and gold army to come out. Come on. I'll say that as a Tiger as well. Get to the Easter Monday game or support them whatever way you can. Emma, do you know the first jersey that I ever bought in my life? A Tigers, a Balmain? Balmain jersey. Wow, there you go. And come Blocker on. came to Townsville when I was 16 and asked me to come to the Tigers and no one ever rang me. Oh! And I went to St. George. Yeah, there's a story oh. you haven't heard before, do you? There you go. I could have played with my heroes. Wow. So you idolised Blocker? Zero. Oh, I was a yeah. back row. I love Block, love Benny, Gary Jack, Ellery Hanley. Oh, those oh, were the days. There you go. The good old Didn't days. Didn't like Gary Freeman that much. <laughs> but no one did. I liked Wayne Pierce, Hardwick. Oh, how good. Ginger go. Megs, McNeil. What could have been, hey? Oh, well. What could have been Let's when just Melbourne say you had a... taps him and he doesn't score. <laughs> Benny Elias hits the crossbar. Oh, those, oh, you I still haven't been got the... over that. Oh, well. Look, you had an incredible career and you still got friends and idols. You've got a big week ahead, I believe, at school holidays. So you've Let's probably go got Tigers some fans. daddy duties there, to go, hey? <laughs> Tigers fans, for one thing, get behind your club this weekend and have more orange and gold than blue and gold and it'll mean a lot and you watch your players respond to that there we go couldn't have said it any better Tigers fans get out there Gordy have a good week and we'll see everyone next week for another Monday edition of Footy Talk